house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of your father David, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add fifteen years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then Isaiah said, Take a cake of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Now Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go, go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or go back ten steps? So Hezekiah answered, It is easy for the shadow to decline ten steps, but no, let the shadow turn backward ten steps. Then Isaiah the prophet cried to the Lord, and he brought the shadow on the stairway back ten steps, by which it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. Okay. So Hezekiah gets really sick. Now, the time frame here is complicated also. I think, but there's some complications either where I go, I kind of think this may have happened prior to chapter 18 and 19. Um, but there's, I don't know that we can definitively say that. Uh, there's some things that might make you think the other way too. But Hezekiah is really sick and Isaiah comes and says, okay, Hezekiah, you need to get everything ready. You're not going to live. You're going to die. You know, I wonder how you'd feel if somebody came to you who knew and said that you know that could be a little traumatic uh, a little sad so how does Hezekiah react to the news Truth to the Lord. yeah with what kind of an attitude humble I guess yeah humble what does he tell God Remember that I've walked before you in truth, and I've done, I've had a whole heart, and I've done what is good in your sight. And remember that, Lord. Yeah, I've been a good king. <laughs> uh, you know, please. And uh, he he wept bitterly. He was really upset about this idea that he was going to to die and not live. It may even be that Hezekiah had no heir at this point. It appears that Manasseh may have been born during those 15 years. You know, some questions about co-regencies and things leave that in as a, you know, strong possibility but not a certainty. But that may have been the case. So he's really grieved that he's going to die. And and begging the Lord for mercy and grace. And so, God tells Isaiah to go tell Hezekiah what? Heard your prayer. And? And? And you're going to be healed. I'm going to heal you. This sickness is not going to be mortal after all. You're going to live for how long? 15 years. 15 more years. If you thought you were a goner in the next few days, how would you feel about 15 years? It would be kind of odd. I mean, part of you would be going, it's a wonderful thing that I'm not going to die now, but then to know that you only have 15 years? Yeah, how would you feel about that? Well, in one way, I mean, one of the greatest fears of death is the uncertainty. 
when it's going to happen. And knowing when it's going to happen may be, you can look at that as a, as a blessing. Uh, and it may say something about Hezekiah in a good way, because if he was some sort of scoundrel, I don't know if you would want to give somebody a definitive timeline, because it may be a testimony, because he wouldn't be the person he would need to be for those 15 years. I, I kind of look at it as a blessing. Well, um, do you know whether or not God will give you another 15 years? I mean, we may none of us have another 15 years. They're probably pretty decent chance not all of us will have another 15 years. You know, in a group this size and the age of one or two of us. Uh, so, you know, what would you feel? If you knew from God right now, I have 15 more years. Would you feel, yippee, I got 15 more years. Or would you just feel like, oh, I've only got 15 years. How would you feel? Get some cheaper health insurance and go base jumping. <laughs> there, there, would, there would be some things. Yeah, there would be some things you'd want to go do. Yeah. Empty out your bucket? Yeah, yeah. definitely have a sense of um, time is running out. Wouldn't you? Now, now, think about that. If you had 15 more years on the dot, wouldn't you have a sense that time's running out? Man, I've got 15 years. You know, I've got, you know, however many days that is. <laughs> you know, cross them all, one at a time. The fact is we may not have 15 years. But because the date of death is uncertain, it almost gives the illusion we have more time than we do. You know, it, it, I mean, for some of you guys, okay, what if it was 30 years? 15 is better, but what if it was 30 years? Even that, I think, would give us a stronger feeling. Like, I've just got 30 years. Do you realize how old I'd be in 30 years? I believe 86. If I'm still around in 30 years, I probably won't be doing a whole lot. <laughs> Just 30 years. You know, that's kind of like, wow. <laughs> but because it's indefinite, it's undefined, it, it gives the illusion we've got more time than we've got. You know, if, if we knew an exact day, I think it would give us more urgency. You know, you probably wouldn't waste time as much. If you only had 15 years, man, every day takes one day away from that. I don't know how many is 15 years in days. That'd be about uh, 5,200 days or something like that. Am I right? 400? I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Between five and 6,000 days. I mean, if you only had five to 6,000 days, you wouldn't want to waste too many of them. You only got a certain number. We only have a certain number. We just don't know what that number is. So, more urgency is... 5,475. Wonderful. So, uh, those Plus are the... Plus sleep days. Forgot about those. You know... Uh, those, uh, you know, th those are things to, uh, you know, just reflect on in this. God, God is being merciful. I mean, wow, this is this is great. I mean, fifteen years of you're a goner. That's that's a while. God was blessing him. It's interesting. God gives him a double promise, though. Fifteen more years plus what? 
deliverance from the Assyrian king, which is part of the reason I think this might have happened before at least the last of 19, because they pretty much already had deliverance from the Assyrian king at that point. And so he takes this cake of figs, puts it on the boil, and he recovers. So that is kind of a sign also uh, of the uh, healing. But, um, you know, there's, there's the opportunity to ask for uh, a confirming sign for the son either to progress 10 steps or back 10 steps. You know, they have wristwatches. You know, you watch it on the sundial, the stay of sun stairs, where, which step it's on tells you what time it is. So, do you want to move, advance the sun right quick or make it go backward for a while? Well, what does he suggest? That's cooler. It's going to go forward sooner or later anyway. But it never reverses itself. Wouldn't that be weird? Can you imagine? The sun's about, about high in the sky. And it just starts going east. <laughs> it's about to set in the east. What would you think? Probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a girl. Oh. What would you guys think? Sun ever set in the east? That'd be, that'd be weird. Um, so I, I think that's just a, that's an, an interesting sign, kind of confirming Hezekiah's faith. And uh, so that's what happens. Comments and questions on those 11 verses. So if this was before chapter 18, then he's going into that idea of the capture with the knowledge that he's going to live through it. And yeah, he still humbles himself. It's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, good point. Well, there's also there's obviously some time, some non chronological statements here because he put the cake of figs and he recovered, and then the next verse he's asking, "Will I recover?" Right, right. And what's the sign that I'll recover in three days? So it's kind of completing the story. Yeah, he says you're going to recover, and this is how it was done, and then he goes back and fills in the other details about the sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's several things. And then the fact that Manasseh was 12 when he became king would indicate that it was during that 15 years that he was born. I think that's the more likely explanation, at least. Other thoughts? Okay. Um, let's see here. Where am I? Uh, 12 to 21. At that time, Barodach-Baladin, a son of Baladin, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah listened to them and showed them all his treasure house, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oil and the house of his armor and all that was founded, that all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where have they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. 
Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Some of your sons who shall issue from you, whom you shall beget, shall be taken away, and they shall become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he thought, Is it not so, if there shall be peace and truth in my days? Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son became king in his place. The king of Babylon... Merodach Baladan, or maybe should be Merodach Baladan. What does he do? Since a get well present to Hezekiah. Not only. A got well present. Got, yeah, that's true. <laughs> a got well present. And what else does he send? Letters. Letters. He sends letters and a present to Hezekiah. Because Hezekiah had been sick. Everyone know what those letters said? Keep that in mind. Well, how does Hezekiah respond to this congratulatory delegation? Start showing off. Yeah! He rakes out all the stuff in his treasure house and shows it off to these Babylonians. What do you think about that? wondering why there was anything left. <laughs> Again, maybe this was before the Assyrian invasion and then he tried to pay him off. But yeah, you're right. I mean, even from other times. They keep carrying everything away. And every, they keep coming back. And there it is again. Assuming they don't grow back. <laughs> Increase the taxes. Well, it seems a little unnecessary, at least. Yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, very, you know, look at all my stuff. Yeah. Almost, I'm trying to think of where where Babylon is at in its rise to power. If it was like, it's not quite the big kid on the block because no. Assyria is still there. That's right. But, you know, oh, this, this king of a bigger country, empire, is talking to me. That's so cool. Yes. Kind of it's almost immature. Yeah. What does it remind you of? I don't know, maybe it doesn't remind you of this. <laughs> reminds me of a kid showing off his toys. Come here, come here, look, look, I got this, I got this. And, and, and if, if you're showing the toys off to somebody considerably older, how does that person probably view this? Oh, how nice. <laughs> That's wonderful, little Johnny. I'm, I'm sure you enjoy it, you know. That's kind of what I'm imagining here. In Babylon, while it wasn't a superpower at this point, it's an ancient, powerful, wealthy nation who sent some letters and presents with a delegation to congratulate little Hezekiah in this little country of Judah on, you know, getting wealth and sickness. Like, come here, come here, look at this. I got this. Let me show you this. I want to show you that, too. So he shows them all his stuff, plus all his weapons. So he kind of shows off the Defense Department's hold. Well, in view of what just happened to him, I would have expected a little bit more. I mean, as far as God's grace and mercy to him and extending his life like that, I would have thought that would have had a, 
better impact or more of an impact in what sense well you would okay imagine if that happened to you and uh, I think that would put into perspective uh, the treasures of this life that really don't mean anything um, and really what has Hezekiah done uh, God has his very life at this time is all because of God and so swords and weapons and treasures don't really mean anything I haven't, I haven't done anything but yet he's showing off himself you know in a case like this have you ever thought about what he could have done my other things why, why didn't you tell him about the Lord you know I mean he could have really given glory and honor to the Lord instead of showing off his stuff I mean the Lord's the one responsible for his healing so that's, um, you know, that's troubling. Isaiah comes and says, uh, where did these guys come from? What did they say? Well, far country from Babylon. What have they seen in your house? Uh, there's nothing I didn't show them. I showed them at all. And uh, Hezekiah said, well, if you love Babylon so much, you'd be glad to know that your descendants will be going there. You know, and all this stuff, you show it off. Um, well, I don't know. It just seems like such an odd reaction. You get these ambassadors from Babylon coming to say, well, we're so happy you got well. Have a present and a letter. And then the guy's like, Go in, looky, looky, looky. wonder what the deal is. Is Babylon looking for allies? I mean, in a sense, because Babylon will, in the not-too-distant future, be making a run at Assyria... And so they're back and forth in and out of the Syrian dominance at this point. And if this is after the hundred and eighty-five thousand have been killed, or before, and that's been, you know, I don't know, lining up, lining up allies or or vassals or something. He sent letters and a present. Did Those letters said it? something. Do what? Like verse thirteen. Did he ask to see it? Because it says that Hezekiah listened to them. So were the letters asking to see all this stuff? I don't know about that as much as just he listened to what they were saying and doing and he wanted to show off the stuff. I mean, I think, you know, if they're looking for an ally, you know, they like, they, have, have we got any uh, substantial nation on the uh, Western Front that we can count on? Well, I'll tell you what, you, you tell them what you found. You just, you just tell them what kind of, kind of fortress we got. You tell them about those weapons. You tell them about that gold and silver. You know, I think he's trying to prove himself. Well, yeah, I'd be a great ally for a Babylon. Yeah, I mean, you ought, to, you ought to rely on me. You know, this is really flattering for a little nation like Judah to get attention from a Babylon. Even if Babylon wasn't the empire yet, it was still an ancient, powerful nation. And oh, <laughs> I've got some things to show you. You be sure and tell Merodach Baladan I'd be a really good ally. That that's that's what I think. I don't know. Does that make any sense? He could have followed that up. By the way, tell him he's going to become a world power and take over everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have been handy, couldn't it? He just got that information, too. Yeah, that's right. Seems like Hezekiah would have done well to uh, lay that letter out before the Lord, the way he did the other letter, before he went off with his own plan. How often do we turn to God in a crisis... 
but we don't turn to God when things are going good and we're being honored and flattered and we think we've got everything under control. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, you can see why he turned to God when the Assyrians were threatening. When Babylon is, uh, you know, praising him and stroking his ego, he doesn't really need the Lord's help in that. I mean, from, from his perspective, I think that's the problem. When we don't see that we need the Lord, that's when we really need the Lord. Was Isaiah at this time um, like a regular advisor to King Hezekiah? It almost seems like it. I, I don't know exactly what role he had, but he seems to have been uh, pretty influential in, in really the lives of several of these kings. Because well, I was just thinking that it's it's kind of like he gets this it, this the king gets this visit from these important people, and yet Isaiah has to come and say, "Who were these guys?" So Isaiah wasn't included in the, and it seems like he should have been, and it is kind of makes you wonder why Hezekiah didn't include Isaiah. It reminds me more of God asking Adam and Eve, like, where are you? And but, yeah. Like, you know, it was more of a leading question. Like, yeah. yeah, I think there was that, too. But, yeah. yeah. The I mean, the fact that Isaiah asked the questions means he wisely establishes the facts before rushing to judgment. You know, he's going to find out what really happened, which is always a good uh, example. And uh, how does... Uh, you know, the, the, the terrible news that all of this was going to Babylon, how does Hezekiah feel about this? What is, what's his reaction? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Why does he react that way? Not his problem. Yeah, won't happen in my days? I'm great. I don't know. Do you like that response? No. Why not? self-serving to me. Sure wasn't the response he had when he was about to die. You remember that? But if it's just his kids and grandkids, oh well. You know, so it's not in my day. He could have been elected today. <laughs> yeah. And and these are these are kids he had not he did not have yet, right? Verse well, 18, some possibly. of your sons, who, maybe. who shall issue from you, whom you shall beget, could be. shall be taken. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, it could be. Okay, this does honestly confuse me a little bit, because sometimes God tells people, like, because you've been good, I'll make sure these bad things don't happen in your time. So, like, sometimes that's a blessing, and that's not just a selfish thing. Well, I think it's a blessing to Hezekiah... But I don't think Hezekiah should be so happy about this. He ought to care about his children and grandchildren, too. You know, that's what I'd say. It's just like, you know, do we get all upset when it's going to be us? But, well, oh, that's just my kids, or that's just them, or that. You know, I don't care about that. You know, but, but if it happens to me, man, I'm all, you know, all in a wad. I think Hezekiah would have been better off not to have gotten that extra 15 years. Makes you wonder a little bit. Uh, assuming, yeah. Seems like everything after that's just really downhill. downhill. Yeah, could be. You know, the end of his life doesn't seem as appealing as the beginning of it did. So, or going back to Babylon, though, they're not as strong as Assyria. No, but no. they are strong. Yeah, Babylon was in and out of independence from Assyria during these times. They gained their independence and they gained 
conquered again. They're back and forth with whether or not they were serving Assyria or not for a few more years. But Judah is not serving Assyria, so wouldn't that make Judah stronger? Well, you know, the Assyrians, you know, humbled Judah, but I don't think Judah is stronger than Assyria. But, you know, I mean, what, what apparently... Uh, the Babylonians one is a good ally on the West, you know. Well, I'm trying to figure out why Hezekiah would be flattered because he looks like he's in a better position. Well, Babylon's a great ancient nation. I mean, Judah's nothing compared to Babylon, Jason. Well, and if it wasn't for the angel and the 185,000, they would, right. they would be serving right. Syria at this time. So it's not it, because of anything Judah has done. Yeah. Been able to stop them from taking all the other cities <laughs> from Judah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that. Those are good, good, good thoughts. And, good and at this point, since we don't really know the the exact time frame, we don't know how much Babylon was under the control of Assyria. Yeah, it was that we do have some dates, but I don't remember them. So. So, I don't know, it's just, it just seems like Hezekiah doesn't do as well after his life is extended in some ways. Um, you know, kind of sad. They make reference to this pool in the conduit that brought water into the city in verse 20. We know about that. We've got, you know, Hezekiah's water tunnel uh, that has been excavated and, you know, whatever. So that's it's kind of a curiosity. All right, thoughts and comments here on chapter 21. So that wasn't the same area referred to earlier where they met? On uh, Conduit to Fullersfield or whatever? I assume not. Yeah, because I mean, that was this way back. Right, right. right. All right, check 21, 1 to 9. Vanessa was. 12 years old when he 